0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Propo, great to see you, man. First things first, I am surprised, as I'm sure. Most of our listeners are surprised to see you back in one piece, without arrest, without some kind of propo controversy off the back of your boozathon weekend last week at the Ryder Cup in Rome.
1: First of all, I think the Italians are way too relaxed to <laughs> arrest anyone, uh, right. which I very much experienced in terms of their customer service, as we had several problems with our broadcast in Rome. And you know, in those you know in those situations where you just get passed on to the next person, you get passed on to the next person, you get passed on to the next person. The Italians really took that to the extreme. I actually ended up, when all I was trying to do is just organize a car to get our presenter from one place to another, I actually ended up in the official Ryder Cup offices in the clubhouse, in Marco Simeone, which is an incredible experience. Don't was, there a
0: giant, was there a giant boardroom? Yeah, it was just one, a giant boardroom of just the clueless, at the end of the clueless
1: Italian men, <laughs> pretty much what it was. And so that was one hell of experience. I thought there was a very slim chance I would get arrested for whatever reason. Uh, but at the same time, now I actually was relatively well behaved, not out of, mm. on my own accord, because obviously I got very much swept up in the whole atmosphere, but sure. largely because Sunday I was fortunate enough, Due to my media accreditation, to be able to go inside the ropes, which is basically means that I walked down the course and walked inside the ropes away from the fans. Obviously, you know, I don't like to hang out with the riffraff. No, you know, a fit, I'm a fit stairs user anyway. Yeah, well,
0: you're a fit stairs man. You're the Unders king of Plumpton. So, of course, you don't want to mix with the, with the general public when you can roll VIP status proper.
1: But I actually got to, and I'm not sure if you saw it, the 16th hole, which I think is definitely the champagne hole, was absolutely mm-hmm. magnificent. It was a drivable par four, which is where Tommy Fleet would end up winning the Ryder Cup. But walking that down that area, down that hole with John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, hearing all of the abuse flying Scotty Scheffler's way, hearing all of the praise flying John Rahm's way. It was a very, very special experience. And obviously I've been incredibly fortunate in my career so far to be able to go to some amazing events, whether it be as a punter to go to the World Cup, whether it be to go to three Super Bowls. Now, nah, the Ryder Cup, I'm telling you, is up up there. right is up there. there. It is right up there. The atmosphere feels like quite an intense rivalry college game whilst also mm. just being in the most beautiful environment. And obviously you're seeing sportsmen who usually don't, express any emotion they don't usually express any animosity but because they get this opportunity to be on a team which Mm. is such a rarity for them yeah right you can sense how special it is to them and it was as much as probably with the first sunday night that i actually didn't watch many nfl games you asked me how i was gonna end up watching them we ended up as you can imagine europe winning it did just end up Mm. okay i say i was very well behaved during Mm. the day on sunday that behavior may have fallen a little bit not it, so much at night, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not well, so much at night, which my six so. AM flight made me feel. Yeah. I have to say, although Amazing. the weirdest person mm. of all time, closed the Ryder Cup. I honestly reckon I could give you two and a half million guesses. As what do you who say? Closed, was...
0: as in like it's so the, what the, a the live act, a performance. Live act. So, so I told you, DK, Vernon DK...
1: did Saturday night. Vernon yeah. Kay did Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, Brilliant. friend of the show, Vernon K. Yeah, friend of the show. Then Tom Grennan, who did the yeah. Friday night. Gen Z, crew. About Gen Z crew, Z yeah. <laughs> know so relatively like well-known people yeah. in the music world, especially from a UK standpoint. Yeah. The Sunday night, I honestly had to like, even despite how many beers I'd had, I honestly mm. had to Google it about three or four times just to confirm that it was the person it was.
0: Yeah. Okay. So
1: was it was it top loader?
0: <laughs> fresh no. for their, their performance at the conservative party conference
1: wow uh um, top loader. i know well, the one hit one the top loader somehow top loader. getting more embarrassing but yeah. the uh i mean it wasn't even a music they weren't he's not even i wouldn't even regard him as a musician like we get him on the talk sport breakfast show to talk about sport and to talk about like he's a he's quite a, like a notable figure in sport and what and oh, was singing he was singing, he was playing the drums, he played the spoons at one point. Are you wanted to be up. No, I swear on my <laughs> life, but none of this has got any coverage. There were some bizarre moments of the Ryder Cup, but this might have topped it.
0: Oh my god, tell it's- me proper. Eddie Jordan. <laughs> what?
1: Yeah, Eddie Jordan was closing the Ryder Cup, and apparently he used to do it at F1 races. The former F1 team principal, this is Eddie Jordan. But wow. apparently he used to perform at the end of F1 races, and he would close them. He was playing alongside a, a relatively decent Italian band. But I was honestly just there. Like, I
0: was, I was, was. it was surreal. I had absolutely no idea what was going on. Well, it's great to have you back, Propo. Uh, we've got some business to take care of, so let's get down to it. Firstly, let let's remind ourselves how we rolled last week. Um I'm three and one in the Drew Locks now with the Jags coming in. How about them, Apples? So we have to take
1: a lot of credit sometimes for some of our predictions. And I think that uh as much as as you know, I always admit to my uh misses on this podcast. Uh, mm. but in terms of predictions, I like to give myself credit because I believe in week two I called that this is your year now and that you are going to be hot for the start of this year. Because not only are you three and one in Drew Locks. But you're also, I would say, if you were putting yourself in a pick competition, like alongside relatively high enders in this game, sharps, I would say, I would say you are doing pretty well. Like you're calling week in, week out, relatively big underdogs to come out and win.
0: And it's it's very impressive. I'm picking all right at the moment. So yeah, just to, just to frame that picks contest, because you're going to... Uh, put put all the uh, scores out and our picks for this week, of course. Chris Milner in the house with me and Ben on the Wednesday show. That's in the vault. So he has taken on Team Guest and they need some traction because Team Guest lagging in third spot, 33 correct picks. Propo, 37. And I'm a 42, so I've got five Five clear of you, nine clear of team guest at the moment. Nine t- clear of team guest is wild. Like five mm. is quite
1: a big number to me, but to be nine clear of team guest, I mean that is, I would just want to at this moment in time, I just want to stay above five hundred. You know that. Yeah, that's, all, th- I that's all
0: I care. That's all we care about. Yeah. I I feel that we should start looking at getting some Nat GPT merch, <laughs> <rolling. I know. laughs> because I, I, we let's start doing this. Let's remember to start doing this from next week. Put in Chat GPT's predictions as well. What have you changed?
1: Can I argue that question? Because obviously last year you were horrendous. So what oh, have thanks, you changed? Thanks very much. Well,
0: for a start, let's just, let's <laughs> no, just have no, no, some no, revisionist no. history rolling here. Last week I was unlucky. <laughs> and on my Drew locks, I was in, yeah, I went on a terrible tilt, but I did, I pulled it back. So I would argue, much as we see those statistics where people say through the last seven weeks of last season into the first five weeks of this season, so-and-so has been averaging 350 yards a get, you know. So I think there is... A strong argument to say I'd already corrected the tilt last season anyway, and I'm just picking up from where I left off. Proper. That's the way I I look at it.
1: The question still stands. What what changed? What what have you? What how have you suddenly begun from what you were at the start of last season to what you where you are
0: now in terms of this wise, sharp? You know two, what, how, what has changed? Two key things mainly. Firstly, we're in week five. This will all go horribly. <laughs> wrong moment of the season secondly like i say let's not underestimate the analytical genius of, G- of chat gpt no in all seriousness i want to start picking chat gpt picks from next week against us all right i want to i want to i will work out some i'll grab one of the super switched on ai rock and rollers from the memo crew and find out how we can put the right prompts in so they could actually pick not just the games, but Drew Locks, right? So, yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get some, we'll oh, get no. Chat GPT Drew Locks as well. Too. We'll go against Chat GPT. Um, so, yeah, things are looking good right now, but I got to keep that streak going. So, my Drew Lock, Ollie's Drew Lock coming up, Ollie's Propos, Prop Bets of the Week, of course, are ACA, which, hmm, so what are we on the season with our ACA? That's not going so two well. And two. two and two. Okay. Two and two. We need to pick pick things up a bit. We'll have Peterman Parley as well. Oh, speaking of Nate Peterman, um, I want to give a shout out to James Cummins. Hey, James. A uh, listener to the show got in touch with us on X at the NC show. He says, make it happen, Ollie Thornton. Get him on the show. Hashtag Peterman Parlay, And then quoted a Tom Pellicero news story, which broke, of course, before Thursday Night Football last night, Bears, Commanders. The Bears are releasing backup quarterback Nathan Peterman, which left them last night in that win against the, the Commanders, with Fields, and then their rookie. Can you can you name the player who was third on the Bears depth chart, who is now the backup? Uh, is is it... I'll give you a clue. He played along with Eddie Jordan at the Ryder Cup. <laughs> <rap that laughs> he was on drums, apparently. Tyson, Tyson. I want to say Bagent. Bagent. Bears fans, let me know and don't shoot me because I don't know your third stringer. He's a rookie, so undrafted free agent, presumably, uh undrafted rookie. Tyson Bagant, Badget is the That's is such a good name it's beaten out Nate Peterman. So Nate Peterman is now is now a free agent propo. So the odds of him getting him on the show have significantly reduced since uh, uh, since that news broke.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, has if he listens, if he goes, Oh, okay, this would be interesting to go on the Nat Coombe show edge rush and sort of listens to some of the episodes for reference and mm. is pretty much me enter every single Nate Peterman parlay by opening up saying this is the Nate Peterman parlay where we pick the three ugliest yeah. spreads of the week because yeah. <laughs> Nate Peterman has some of yeah. the ugliest play of the week. I think he would immediately be like, I'm not sure I want to come on this podcast. That might be very much you, Mike Mayock kind of, <laughs> me, are, me, I would just me, really yeah. have to backtrack Significantly, uh, as soon as he comes on, and just say, just say obviously, I was just, just joking, man. Just joking, bro. He was
0: just, just playing It's the British sense of humor. That's what yeah. it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to try and put some feelers out. Uh, maybe have to rethink that that package, that, that feature of the show a little bit.
1: Quickly, Bears <laughs> Commanders. Was that not like that Spider Man meme of like two people just like pointing at each other <laughs> and it's like the same yeah. thing? Because it did feel like they were either horrendous moments mm. or they're absolutely incredible moments from both teams like Sam Howell is so boom or bust this moment in time yeah Justin Fields feels exactly the same I mean DJ Moore how, how you've got to feel to be a Carolina Panthers fan right now if you're thinking they're looking in the market for a number one wide receiver DJ Moore goes what 200 plus yards three goes touchdowns uh, yeah. and then also they trade people gonna forget that they traded away Christian McCaffrey is that are people just going yeah. to forget about that? I mean, really what it was. So
0: you know what? Just just linking a few points together, right? I I went in relatively big on the bears with the points, and I took a little bit of action on them straight up on the money line last night. So uh, another you know good night for me there. And uh, thanks, that thanks is thanks for sharing that pick by the way. Thanks just for oh, hey, yeah, well, thanks I did, well I, I thought Appreciate you'd be that. I thought I'd get the the incredulity wide eyed emoji from you if I had sent that because uh, you, we. There are lots and lots of things at play this season right now that not least I think and you talk a lot about value and recency biased narratives, and I'm sure we'll get to a few of those t- today. And this just fell on both sides with the point six, I felt was just too much. Yeah. given the fact that I watched a fair amount of the Bears last week because we had it, we were doing a red zone show on on Talk Sport after the Wembley game, and we were meant to be taking concentrating on the Bears game in particular but we actually red zone was just so nuts that we were and of course it was bill's dolphins and lots of other i mean incredible games incredible comebacks and all kinds of stuff going on we ended up just mainly concentrating and red zoning it right with but i was still looking and watching that game quite a lot and at times the bears offense looked really good and so i looked at this and thought washington's defense is flattering to deceive sam Howell's having all kinds of issues six fields too much it feels too much Every, mm. the narrative on the bears is so negative but then i looked at the money line and the odds for the bears and the money i thought okay i didn't take very much it. but I thought, th- there is no way that you can look at this game and think yeah washington are going to be comfortable here it's there are so many teams like this that are far from the finished article that are erratic that are flawed and so when you see value there it was look, it was the definition of a gamble. Did I really think the Bears were going to win money line? You know, I'm pleasantly surprised, should I say? But the points more importantly, which I went bigger on, that's where I saw a lot of value. So recency bias, I think, is something to do with it. Also, this logic that can this either can this continue? So can the Texans continue playing as they are and are they genuinely going to be a playoff side? And we might mm. talk about them in a bit. Equally, is are we in a situation where the Bears are going to go one and 16? You know, two and or are they going to win some games? And if they, if you think they're going to win some games, you think the offense is going to gel at some points. If you think DJ Moore, prolific high-profile signing, is going to revert to type at some point, even if he doesn't get a run together for a lot of the season, there are going to be some games that it, that it clicks. And I just thought, well, maybe this is one of those games because Washington are going in a little bit, a little bit hurting as well. So uh, that was that was my thinking last night, and it paid off. But recency bias, I think, is getting a little bit. Um. well it's notched up at a level or two so why don't we start two games I'm looking at Propos, have you got two games you want to talk about as well
1: yeah I've got a couple yeah. as well I mean I, there's one which I'm going to talk about because I, I'm going to bet with my emotion and you mentioned mm. it to me in the chat before we came on oh
0: ah, ah, yeah, okay. I'm going to okay. talk about it just from a general standpoint I think I know where you're going to go with this why what, what don't we start with this are you, are you leaning Bengals right at your heart it must be we were chatting Bengals in WhatsApp earlier so is it Bengals you want to start with first
1: yeah, I think let's start talking about the Bengals. Obviously, going to Arizona. Arizona surprising everyone so far this season. Everyone thought they were going to be the team that tanks for Caleb Williams, especially obviously without Kyler Murray, trading away DeAndre Hopkins to the Titans. But they've obviously, after that huge win against Dallas, have impressed everyone. Their run game seems to be working relatively well. And the Cincinnati Bengals, I do it's just they are the team of the week because they got blown out by the Titans, because they've only scored three touchdowns. All season long, because of the drastic difference we've seen in this offense, because Jamar Chase, there's a clip of him out there saying, I'm always effing open, which is taken completely out of context. And Mm. just to reinforce this, Zach Taylor, we know as a culture guy, called him in to his office on Monday. Jamar Chase has openly said this week he was expecting to get a bit of a telling off, Mm. a bit of a Fergie hair-dry treatment moment. And apparently Zach Taylor just said, I love that effing interview because you're right. You are open a lot Mm. more than we have sort of... How do you feel about that style of
0: coaching? Do you think that's... What how do you feel about it?
1: What the fact that he says, I love that effing interview.
0: He didn't kick off. Yeah, he didn't be. Yeah, didn't... I like it. I
1: think he's I think he's ultimately I think he's right. And I think you have to Jamar Chase is on course for like the most receptions he's ever had in the NFL, but he's currently receiving it what, less than two yards per reception. Like this offense is not catering towards him whatsoever. That like Zach Taylor and Brian Callen have to take the responsibility for what's going on right now. They have mm. failed to adapt to the fact that Joe Burrow can't get out of the pocket, the fact that he can't scramble. They're becoming like, they've been completely exposed so far this season. And all of my worst fears have come to fruition so far in all of these matchups that we've seen from the Cincinnati Bengals, which is when you take away the brilliance of Joe Burrow, this is actually incredibly ordinary offense because Mm. of the restrictions that our coaching seems to put on them. And that is my big fear. And that being said, I think, if it wasn't the Arizona Cardinals, I would I would be a lot more concerned going into this game. But I think you're going against Arizona Cardinals team who, yes, managed to beat the Dallas Cowboys. But I don't think they're necessarily one of the better of the league. I don't think they're going to be competing for the playoffs in the NFC. I think they're still going to struggle. Hot take. Hot take. Yeah, exactly. Just because <laughs> of what? The lack of talent on this roster. And I think the Bengals, people are suddenly completely out on Luana Aruma and this defense. Yes, last week they were very, very poor against the Titans. But the week before that, they were very good against this Rams team, who now everyone is incredibly high on, on this offense and saying how amazing it's going to be with Stafford, Puka and Cup, Tyler Higby and everyone. So they managed to restrict them on Monday night football. Yet people are forgetting about that. They managed Mm -hmm. to perform decently against Lamar Jackson's Baltimore Ravens team. They were just a couple of dodgy calls away from beating them. And then obviously week one was a terrible start to the season. But at the same time, against the Cleveland Browns, but the Cleveland Browns have the number of the Cincinnati Bengals and that defense is the best in the NFL probably for the Cleveland Browns. So I think that people are kind of just overreacting slightly to this Titans loss and just how bad it was because the way this Bengals team is now set up is it has to rely on the run. It has to get out to a lead and yeah. it has to kind of then control the clock and then rely on the defense to not let up big plays, which yeah. I think this defense can do against this Arizona Cardinals team. I Mixon, agree. Yeah, Joe Mixon has actually had a decent season as well.
0: You know, this is, you're really representative and fortuitous because we didn't tee this up, but this is a really good example of that spot I'm talking about. The Cardinals have been have been plucky. You know, they've been, and Josh Dobbs exemplifies that. I think everyone thought they were going to be a car crash. They were going to be horrendously bad. And the fact they've shown fighting games, they fought, but you know, they've got players like Rondell Moore that we'll love to watch, and that they're, they're insurgent, scrappy, punching above their weight. And I don't I honestly don't mean this, it probably sounds unbelievably patronizing, but I think even the most diehard Cardinals fans out there would agree they're surprised about how competitive the team has been at times, right? But it But it will revert to type. The Bengals have got a, a collection of issues that you've identified, but it is inconceivable that they continue to go down this road. And this is a spot, not least the timing, a situation of it, right? If they go one and four, and this is NFL next-gen stats, right? Since 1990, there have been 161 teams that have had a one and four start, mm-hmm. right? 6.8%, 11 of those 161 teams have advanced to the playoffs. So this is, and Borrow was asked about it, wasn't it? A must-win game for them. Yeah. It basically is. that They know that. They know what's at stake. They know they're a talented roster that's banged up, that's had a difficult start to the season against let's face it when all said and done when we look at 18 weeks of the, the regular season the cardinals are going to be a bottom five te- they are they're going to be a bottom five team the bengals so outmatched them in terms of caliber of depth of talent it is a really good spot i it was on my shortlist for drew lock of the week
1: it's, it's fascinating as well in that because the Cardinals are the public team in this. It's not like it's a pro Joe split. Yes. All the sharps are on the Cardinals this week. I can't lie. That's why this number has been bet down from five and a half to three, but I think getting down to three immediately kind of flips the value back on the Bengals. Absolutely right. And there's no, I don't think this is beyond the realms of possibility. This gets down to two and a half now. And if it gets oh, down to two and a half, all it's over that play, because I think this could easily be a field goal game Yeah. and I think the Bengals could easily win this game comfortably, but it could be a field goal game. And then I'm always going to lean towards the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow being able to get it done in the clutch moments because that's what he's done so far in his career. Yes, the sharp money does seem to win the Cardinals. 79% of the cash, 55% of the ticket seems to be on the Cardinals. But if they're the public underdog in this game, the Arizona Cardinals... I just think that people are completely underestimating the Cincinnati Bengals and completely overreacting to that Titans defeat. I ended up re-watching it after missing it on Sunday, and oh my goodness, was it bad. But at the mm. same time, no team is as bad as their worst loss. So you can't look at that and just go, "Well, that's the Cincinnati Bengals." Now they have to adapt. They have to change to fit whatever Joe Burrow is with this injury. And mm. I do not think that even without T. Higgins, if if he doesn't play, I know people are saying he's trending towards playing with mm-hmm. that broken rib. But even if he doesn't play, the fact that people are completely right off the Bengals now is not going to motivate Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd is still one of the best number three receivers in the league, and he's a suitable number two, unbelievable slot receiver. And I don't think the Really, have anyone who can match up against him. So that's going to motivate yeah. Tyler Boyd. Yeah. Tamar Chase is going to be as motivated as ever because all he's had is negative press all week. So you're motivating two of the better players in this team. Joe Mixon's actually had a strong season so far, and this run game looks better. The offensive line is getting completely and utterly disgraced because of that performance against the Titans. But this defensive line of the Cardinals is nowhere near that defensive line of the Tennessee Titans. I'm just, right. I just think that, that, yes, there needs to be change since the Bengals. I don't think right now, as much as I'm supporting them in this spot, they're a playoff team. I don't think mm. they are. I don't think they have what it takes if Joe Burrow is going to be as restricted as he is right now. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't think we're going to be able to achieve what we have in the previous seasons just because of the lack of support he seems to have around him. That being said, in a position like this, I think if it gets down to two and a half specifically, which I see it doing, I will be all over the Cincinnati mm. Bengals because also i support the defense with Luana Rumo. Yeah, exactly. The exactly that.
0: Anar- Arumo v. Josh Dobbs and yeah. credit to Josh Dobbs, but he's they're punching above his weight. Yeah, I, I love it all day long. I think I'm going to take it at three, definitely at two and a half. I one of my shortlist of favorite picks of the week. So I love that. Good start, Propo. I'm going to go. <clears throat> I, well, seeing as you've led with your heart. So will I. I'm going to go to Miami and a bounce back spot they've got against the Giants. Now we're always the easiest where- ba- easiest bounce back spot of all time. I think it might be. I think it might be. And we're wary of double digit, uh, double digit spreads. Right, I'm not really here. I think this is a good example of. Miami being able to not overreact to what happened against maybe the best team in the AFC right now, the Bills, probably the best team in the AFC right now, the Bills, and not doubt and realign too much. We talked a lot about that game on the Monday show on The Vault with Iron Mike. I think there's been a lot of discussion about the game of the week last week. So I don't really want to get into it. Retrospectively, look back, I want to look forwards at this matchup against the Giants. If you think about the Giants' best shot at getting points on the board here and keeping at least close to a Miami offense that is just going to roll. And let's remember New York's offense, three losses, have scored zero, three, and 12 points. in <laughs> Those three losses, right? So when they go down, they go down <laughs> in flames. The offensive line is a heap of a mess. Saquon might be back. And that's what Giants fans are saying. Okay, we're going to have a shot if Saquon's back. Miami against the run, with the exception of the Chargers, who averaged over 3.6 a carry, 3.6, not great, not exactly end of the road. They're holding the run down. This Miami defense can neutralize the strongest asset that the Giants have offensively. Other issues with Miami, which were highlighted, magnified by Diggs and Allen in the secondary, aren't obviously nearly as much of an issue here against the New York Giants. And their offense is going to roll again. We know this is a Miami team that, to the most part, put away the mistakes and a, frankly, superb collective defensive performance from the Bills, is going to be putting up points on pretty much anybody. The question is, can you outpoint him? Can you keep up? It's the Keegan Newcastle. Can you beat them 5-4? Because they're going to score against you. They're going to turn it on. There is no way the New York Giants keep up here with Miami at home in the humidity. Well, it might be our first weather report check of the season propo all day long. I, even though it's a double digit spread, I love Miami in the spot and I'm going to be taking them as one of my favorite picks. Not my Drew Locke, but it's one of my favorite picks.
1: I just don't know how. And obviously we're on this show fond of an ugly bet of that bet that no one else wants to take, right? Because of it's so hard to back a, t- a bad team against a good team because of the situation where, like, we had the Cowboys Patriots last week, where ends up being a blowout, and immediately the game is pointless even to watch. Yeah, in this situation, it seems to me almost impossible to find a possibility or a game script where the New York Giants stay in this game just because of what we've seen from the Dolphins' offense and what we've seen from the New York Giants. I mean, that the Seahawks had pretty much generated zero pass rush for the whole of the season prior to that game against the Giants, and then suddenly they looked like the 85 Bears. Yeah. Like, it was insane how bad the New York Giants were. And Evan Neal, the tackle, came out and slated the fan base. I don't think you can slate the fan base after that kind of performance in prime time at home against the Seattle Seahawks, who are far from the finished article. It was nothing short of tragic what we saw from the New York Giants. It was nothing mm. short of tragic what we saw from Daniel Jones and this offensive line. I'm with you, Nat. It's I see the line's already moved to 12. So it's at 12 and a half. 91% of the tickets is on Miami. 96% of the cash is on Miami. Mm. People, no one is going to be better on the New York Giants. I would expect them to be the team that is better on the least in this week, which is quite a tough week. Mm. But yeah, just they are. I could. How have they? What's happened? What has happened from season to season? Brian Daybell going from the coach of the year candidate to seemingly being clueless and chucking his clipboard on the floor when conversations with Daniel Jones.
0: I'm not. I'm not surprised. We talked about it pre preseason. I, I, the Giants are one of the teams I thought would would regress, and that's no knock. We saw the Giants in person last season. They were. A fairy tale story is maybe overextending it, but they were one of the surprise packages and 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 a team we, we were rooting for, right? The underdogs that went into last season with not much hope. Daniel Jones, a much maligned quarterback. Dayball, I think, had gained a lot of respect and affection from his time with the Bills. And and he was and he was making them work. He was he was weaving all kinds of gold with limited resource. That was gonna always come back. Particularly with Saquon, Saquon carries this team so much. It always use him to underpin my argument, which we took again about preseason. BJ Robinson, 100% take him in the top 10 if you've got a top 10 pick, and he's going to work in your offense and you can build a lot around him. Not our running back stocks devalue Why you're reaching there for a pick. McCaffrey, Saquon, Prime Zeke, take him all day long in the top 10. And this is why this offense cannot come close to where it needs to be without a player like Saquon fully fit and spearheading it for, for for obvious reasons, his productivity, setting up the play action, the limitations of Daniel Jones, the limitations of the receiving court, the offensive line, which PFF incidentally have ranked 32nd out of 32 this week. If you, if you wanted any validation there, it, it's a mess. So it's not Dabal. He's He's clearly shown last season that he is capable of being a, a top head coach in the NFL. It's just a it's just a thinner than needed roster. It doesn't, doesn't have the pieces. I'm not surprised at all the Giants are having this kind of season. Right. My next game, I'll double down. I'm gonna go to my Drew Lock of the Week, which is Baltimore over Pittsburgh. Propo. Now big Bold. smile on Propo's face. Bold, but I'm Going against home dog,
1: conference. home divisional dog. Also above three points in this matchup, I believe. When the, the team at home uh, is the underdog, I believe the underdog cover the spreads at something like 21-3-3. and
0: Okay, so I'm going against history. You're going against you're
1: the saying. trends. You're going um, against the history. You're going against the history of Harbaugh versus Tomlin. Because yeah. right. usually the underdog covers in this matchup. So give me your reasoning.
0: Okay, first things first. I am frankly terrified that I'm going against Tomlin. <laughs> so you know how much... Iris Tomlin might be, well, we established on the show last week, of course, our favorite, or well, the week before, our favorite uh, coaching tandem right now in the NFL is Riverbutt Ron and Jack Del Rio, right? Of course, we love we love them. Um I don't know how much longer they'll be coaching in Washington, but no. we love them. Mike Tomlin is right up there for us, right? We love Tomlin, maybe the coolest man in the universe. It's unbelievable coach that is ridiculously underrated despite everything he's achieved with the Steelers. So that is my asterisk on this pick. I'm In the same way, I worry if I'm going to back Baker Mayfield anymore. There are certain spots we all have where we think, oh no, what am I doing? This doesn't, my gut is telling me this is a mistake. And backing against Tomlin is typically one of those things where I worry. But I've got to roll with my head on this one, not my heart. I think Baltimore with Rashad Bateman, Beckham, Marlon Humphrey all back to practice should be back in the lineup. Mark Andrews was balling last week. Zay Flowers, we know what he's capable of. It is an offense that is, with the way Lamar's starting to play as well, that I think can tackle a Pittsburgh defense that is allowing, what, the third most yards in the NFL this season? It's an uncharacteristically under par defense, despite the obvious talent that is punching as well I think it is going to be not dissimilar, although not to the same extent my argument with with Miami and the the Giants, I just don't think this Pittsburgh offense will be able to to, to keep up to cover, right? So Pickett big injury doubt probably will play Mm -hmm. it's a knee injury apparently he's had that strapped up quite a lot it is reasonable to assume if we're looking at this on Friday and Pickett's been one of the, the big injury doubts of the week there is going to be limited mobility, and I don't just mean oh, okay. Does that limit his scrambling and his design run? It's not obviously not as much of a factor with a player like Kenny Pickett, but just his overall mechanics are going to be. Oh, here we go. You're going to start that the Kenny Pickett hate. It's not I specific just I just, I
1: just like the way we've got we got to week five. I think this oh, is, and the Kenny Pickett has returned with an absolute vengeance. I it's going to haunt
0: me, isn't it? It's going to. So, the Pittsburgh with win this by no. Eight, I'm right? just.
1: I'm actually just disappointed that you didn't continue the Kenny Pickett hate throughout the off season and throughout the whole preseason loving and throughout the first four weeks, because you should have stood by, you should have stayed true to yourself and you would have been proven right. You are unbelievable
0: propo, frankly, and you, you usually are, but this is, I mean, again, we're talking revisionist history for the love of God, Kenny Pickett, Mike Mayock. I never, it was never anything personal, but yeah, but this, I think it might come back to haunt me now. I think now you have said that now you've reminded me now I've reminded myself about, if I go against Mike Tomlin, I'm 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 shitting myself. <laughs> this, yeah. this is gonna be a problem. But no, I think Pittsburgh are mixed up. It's Tomlin, they'll still have a nine and eight record when all said and done. Baltimore starting to find and connect a bit of mojo with these pieces back on both sides of the wall, but I'm thinking particularly offensively. Minus four, which is what you can get on Fitstairs right now. Of course, Fitstairs. Yeah, our partner on Edge Rush. You know what? Let's show a bit of love to Fitstairs because they're we're proudly sponsored by them. They are Propo's favorite bookmakers in the world because they're you know very selective, sophisticated, cerebral bunch. Fitstairs, <laughs> much like Propo. They're the <laughs> inside is... the ropes bookie. You know, they're the inside exactly. If you want to get inside the ropes, you go with Fitstairs. Uh, this is why Propo really likes them. If there is a prop that's not listed, you get in touch with them, and they'll put it on for a price 21 plus began love your work fit stairs and at the moment the steelers minus four on fit stairs is where i'm going for my drew lock of the week to roll the four and one it's a roll of the dice but uh, hey, as we started at the top of the show i'm playing with confidence propo so i like it i like it what do you it's saying? a
1: confident pick it is a confident pick to go against tomlin so mm. i like it now i'm uh i'm rooting for you at this moment in time as you are nat gbt and you are hot as it stands Thank you, bud. For the season so far, you're reading it very well. So I'll start with before I go to my Drew Lock, I'll give a pick. We don't need to talk about it much because it's a game that I not think anyone should watch, but that's why I'm going to go for the under 39 and a half in the Saints Patriots. I just don't see where the path to 40 points is in this one. Combined, these teams put up 12 points in week four. And on the year, the Saints are averaging just 15 points per game, while the Patriots have only put together 14 points per contest. Mac Jones is clearly struggling in this offense. Derek Carr is clearly struggling with an injury. Yes, the Pats have injury issues on defense with Gonzalez and Jude on out. But nonetheless, I just don't think either of these offenses has what it takes to get to 20 plus points. So that's just, the Saints are just such an under team. It's just one of those blank blind plays that I do at this point. And I think especially going up against a Patriots team that isn't very good on offense either. So that one is, it's not my Drew Lock of the week, but at the same you time, like yeah. I like that one. So I think I get one out there. I think my Drew Lock's going to surprise some people. Mm. And this is me very much going back to basics. Currently two and two with my record, Drew Locks, trying to catch Nat, of course. Under 45 and a half in Cowboys 49ers, Sunday Night Football Mm.
0: now. Interesting. I I looked at this. Yeah, go on.
1: So these are two of the best defences in football because they both get to the quarterback and they both limit big plays. And I think that's key in this matchup. San Francisco has a superstar at every single level of this defense. And obviously Dallas has a potential MVP defensive player of the year in Micah Parsons. I think Demarcus Lawrence alongside him is ready to challenge Brock Purdy, who has significantly more trouble throwing the ball when under pressure, as the stats show cowboys have allowed the fewest points per game this year the niners have allowed the third fewest points per game yes there are superstars on offense in cd lamb and cmc but i expect the defenses to ball in this one Primetime unders are 10 and 4 right now because realistically who wants to back an under in a primetime standalone game but that's exactly well, you, why we you do dude, it on this you show love, you i love it that. exactly but that's exactly why we do it on this show so give me under 45 and a half in
0: yeah. this one. oh wow i like it a lot Propo. i like it a lot it was definitely on my short list but you know, maybe usually it's a bad thing, but maybe not this season.
1: Well, we had the Jags. We both had the Jags as our Drew Locks last week, and they come yeah. came through. What do you so... think
0: about the total in the London
1: game? I the London game really intrigues me, Nat, because I think that five and a half seems like quite a lot of points, considering that Buffalo aren't the home team, you know, like they're the home team on paper. But realistically, Jacksonville are the home team. And I think that if you're giving me a five and a half point underdog, and yes, I know I've said it on this show many a time, that when Buffalo win, they win big. We saw that last week. We saw that against the Commanders. And I've made money. profit. I profited off that stat. I just think that the Jacksonville Jaguars will be comfortable in this situation, mm. playing in London, having played at this stadium before. Buffalo won't necessarily be so. And I think they might start quite slow on offense which will allow the Jacksonville Jaguars to potentially get ahead and take advantage. So I would probably be leaning more towards the under at 48 and a half than the over, to be completely honest with you, just because Mm. of my instinct and just because as much as I know the Buffalo Bills are as high-powered offence as they've been, and I know from a defensive standpoint, then Jacksonville might be able to exploit the fact that uh, Tredavious White's out for the season now. So that's obviously takes away something in the secondary for them, but I still don't think Trevor Lawrence is firing all cylinders. So, I expect this to be quite a sluggish game, to be completely honest with you, just because that's great. I can't wait because we've got about. that live
0: on TalkSport Sport 2. <laughs> Me, Chris, Scott, and Williamson, uh, Will Gavin, you're going to be their proposer. No. Well. What, you're not going to be there? Oh, no, the it's quite show. emotional. Yeah, oh, it's quite man. emotional.
1: This is like the first one I haven't produced in a long time. so it's oh, uh,
0: going um, to be a disappointment.
1: I know. It's very sad. It's very sad. I'll miss we'll the community. We'll yeah, shout, give me a we'll shout, shout out. You out on, I'll on miss the all radio. the fans. But yeah, it's a, it's a shame. I'll be uh, watching on TV, which would be nice. You'd be listening right to on, you, on
0: the radio, weren't you, Popo? Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I'll be with listening to it on the radio. Yeah, sound down. I'll be listening to on the radio, yeah. I do what? I typically do in this spot when I'm not sure about something because it's a Bet- total of intriguing. Back the over, <laughs> back you just go over. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, well, why not? Let's have fun with it. No, well, I will probably do that as well. But I go to AZ Central. <laughs> AZ Central. That's where we go, isn't it, Propo? The font of wisdom that is AZ Central. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know what they feel about this game, Propo?
1: Buffalo Bills have a good offense, so (laughs) they will be able to score
0: points. Okay. Good effort. That's a good effort. But again, I want to see if we can get some game predictions written by ChatGPT in the style of A. Z. Central. Okay. This is what they have to say about it. The Arizona Republic. The Jaguars look good in their NFL Week 4 London win over the Falcons, but the Bills are not the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. I mean, I think that has answered everything I need answered.
1: Are you telling me that Josh Allen and Desmond Ridder aren't the same quarterback? Are is that really what you're not? telling me?
0: Wow. You just dunked it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> who that's who the d- level thunk? of insight we've been searching for in this show for a long time. Thank
0: you, AZ Central, <laughs> for that one. All right. So what is so your Drew Lock of the Week is?
1: The under 45 and a half and Sunday night football count. Oh, of course 49ers. the under. Yeah, yeah, that is your All right, love that.
0: What about our Peter Mpale? What are we doing with that?
1: Peter Let's. that's that's a good segue because I do actually have, as I've just mentioned, the Jacksonville Jaguars at plus five and a half in this one. I I think that going against what everyone believes right now, again, week one, Nat, I said it it in week two podcast, I said the the overread of week one by Country Mile was that Josh Allen's too much of a risk at quarterback. He turned over the ball too much. And obviously, what, through another three weeks, he's now the favorite for the MVP. He's going to win it. The Bills are now the best team in the NFL. They're the favorites for the Super Bowl. So immediately, I'm going to flip the opposite way. I'm going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars at plus five and a half. I think it's too many points, considering I think the Jags are the home team in this one. I'm going to go to the Minnesota Vikings. Now, this number has mm. dropped too much for my liking, but I'm still going to take that plus three and a half because it's above a field goal, and we know what the numbers are when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs covering a spread in this situation. I do think the Chiefs are actually having a couple of teething problems without Eric Bieniemy. I don't expect them to struggle all season long, but I don't think this offense looks the same as we have said. Mahomes is having to rely on his legs a lot more than he has in previous seasons, which I think is a symbol of the fact that he is not necessarily as comfortable throwing the ball in this offense. I don't think players are getting open as much as he would like. Travis Kelsey is still struggling returning from that injury. And I think the Minnesota Vikings offense looks significantly better. I thought they looked much yeah. better running the ball last week against the Carolina Panthers. Akers seems to have had quite a lot to this offense. Jordan Addison looks like a real player. So when you've got Addison, you've got TJ Hawkinson, you've got Justin Jefferson, as well as the Chiefs looked good this season. I think that the Minnesota Vikings will be able to cause them enough problems to keep this game close. So the Minnesota Vikings plus 3.5, the Jags plus 5.5, and and the last one is Colts plus 2.5 against the Tennessee Titans. Divisional home underdog Titans again. I've said it about the reverse way. I think the Bengals are now being completely written off because of that game. I think that people are overrating the Titans a little bit too much. At home, they've looked good. Away from home, they've looked poor. It's just 2-2 and split. And I think that Ryan Tannehill might struggle against this Colts team that will be able to generate some pressure from the inside with Grover Stewart and DeForest Buckner. And I think that um, Anthony Richardson has looked good enough to be able to exploit this secondary. I think Michael Pittman, Pittman will be able to get enough separation and he'll be able to go up and get contested catches. The Titans do have one of the worst secondaries in the league so I like Anthony Richardson to st- continue his solid start in his rookie year and I think the fact that you're getting them as a home underdog in this game is too good to be true so I'm going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Vikings and the Colts with the points in the Peterman Parlay this week.
0: Love that the Peterman Parlay go get involved with that over on our friends stairs. Uh Speaking of getting involved let's do our moneyline Night Acker and we'll wrap the headline act. The Eddie Jordan of, uh, of this week's Edge Rush will be Propos, prop of the Week. We'll do our line and As we said earlier, we're two and two, so we've got to get things back on track a little bit. Why don't we start with the easiest of the three? The Lions at home against the Panthers. The Lions are legit. I think there's going to be uh, all kinds of extra energy. Although we, we discussed this on FFS, and that is in the vault as well. So I mentioned our midweek show with uh, Chris Milner and Ben. Uh, we tagged you. We did that as a three-hander proper. Do you enjoy that? Was that How was that fun to edit?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. I did. I liked it as a three-hander. I think it's the first three-hander we've done since maybe a couple of FFSs last year with Santrini, yeah, right. which yeah, I yeah. always enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. we had one with OC and j But No, I like a three-hander. I did I did very much enjoy it, although I thought his uh, Chris's 57 seconds performance was horrendous.
0: Yeah, that was appalling. Quite possibly would be the worst of the season uh, so far. Well, it's definitely the worst of the season so far, but it might be the worst of the season. we all said and done. Anyway, we talked about Detroit because uh, we let Chris pick our FFS team of the week, DraftKings team of the week, which he can uh, get involved with DraftKings. And I'll listen to enter that USA Sports, our friends, give away prizes every week in one of the contests, which is free to enter. We have other free to enter contests as well. uh, And you can get involved, make some money, have some fun, take on us. And he picked Jamison Williams, which I liked because he was pretty cheap, because we don't think Jamison Williams is necessarily going to play a huge amount uh, this week against Carolina. But I love the fact that the Lions are rolling three and one. They're getting a player that is going to be chomping at the bit possible elite receiver in the making probable elite receiver in the making loving the lions and loving them against the Carolina Panthers in this spot this week, then things get a little bit tricky. So we like San Francisco over Dallas. Yeah. We talked a lot about that game on the Wednesday show. I think Carson and I got into it a little bit on Monday in the vault, if I remember rightly. So go back and listen to those episodes. All I'm going to say, and I wrote about him for my USA sports column this week, which is, We'll link to in the show notes, and Seb and the crew will push out on social. You can find it over on the USA Sports site as well. Brock Purdy needs a bit more love. He needs a bit more respect, Propo. Brock Brock Purdy, I think, is sneakily becoming, I'm going to say it, a top-eight quarterback in the NFL. Maybe, maybe a top six quarterback in the NFL. Top six. I, no way. Maybe, maybe situation. Go read my article. I'm not going to get into it now. I'll explain why. Wait, hold on. In, just okay. so,
1: so what? So, so hold on. Let's just name six quarterbacks in the NFL okay. right now. Talk
0: about right now. I'm talking right about. now. Okay, what? Yeah. So, so excluding... Rogers is out. So Rogers, is out. Rogers. So Rogers. Fine.
1: Rogers is out. Yeah. What? Are you excluding Burrow now as well? But no. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, okay. No, no. Okay. So so <laughs> okay. okay. So Mahomes. Yeah. Josh Allen. Josh... Okay, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Lamar. Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Joe Burrow. Yeah. Justin Herbert.
0: Yeah. Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is where I'm saying... I reckon he's... I reckon... Okay, Brock top eight. eight. Top eight. Top eight. So, okay, I'll take Hurts. Then you took Tua.
1: Tua, yeah, yeah exactly. Tua. So then you've got Tua.
0: I'm not saying Tua is definitely ahead of him, either. I'm would, saying... You would I
1: rather think. have Brock Purdy than Tua.
0: Brock Purdy's just one game in his career so far, which is he gave me wet out injured.
1: Yeah. Okay. Fine. But then I think if you put other quarterbacks oh, in the quarterback. position, yeah. But if you put other quarterbacks in the position,
0: if you're gonna, would Brock Purdy work in the Dolphins' offense? That's exactly my point. He works perfectly in the Shanahan offense. Yeah, but that doesn't make him a top eight quarterback. I does said it? the same thing about Brady, kiddo.
1: That does not make him a top eight quarterback. Okay,
0: okay. I'm not going to go read the go read the article, but I like the 49ers in this spot. I think uh, obviously Dallas have got issues with the line; they've got issues in the red zone. Uh, Mike made a great point on the Monday show actually that the red zone woes they're having were compensated and the cracks were papered over or dealt with, whichever way you want to look at it, by Zeke last season, even though Zeke's Zeke's impact was diminishing within that Cowboys team as as the time went on, he was still really key in that in that situation
1: are we uh, sorry just that zeke has uh reminded me are we are we monitoring your uh, prop bet record for the year <laughs>
0: what's my prop oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Elliott over rushing <laughs> yards. yeah.
1: yeah i think you got How like many? 15 rushing yards uh, and yeah. the line was like 35 so are we saying that are you like oh and, 0 0 and one, 1 and okay rushing? all right. <laughs> 0
0: and one. right i'm gonna do a prop i'm gonna think of a prop bet for this week um brock purdy five touchdowns <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay so we like the 49ers we like detroit now this is where I just want to sense check something because I'd initially said Buffalo over the Jags, right? Yeah. But you, you were thinking Baltimore cause I've got them as my drew lock. So what are we going to, what are we going to put in the ACCA? Let's go with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, let's, let's go with the it. Buffalo Bills. I think okay. we always
1: we always like to go against our Peter and Parley a little bit. I think yeah, I like. Yeah, to, yeah. I think the Bills win this game by three points, and I think mm-hmm. we're going to try and one one week that we will call this game perfectly, and we'll call the underdog to cover the spread, but the other team still win. Oh, so I can't go wait for that.
0: It. All right, let's do it. Let's Buffalo. So Buffalo, Detroit, San Francisco is our money line treble. Let's wrap up. Well, I'll try and scrabble to find a prop bet. Meanwhile, give the heavyweight prop bets, propose prop bets of the week. Let's go.
1: Yeah, I really like this one. I actually find it quite hard to read this uh, week five from a sort of side standpoint, from a total standpoint, but I do like some prop bets, starting with Rasheed Rice over 31 and receiving yards for the Kansas City Chiefs. He leads all chief receivers in slot targets. The Vikings allow the most receptions to the slot this season. His snap rate is improving every single week and when he is out there, Mahomes loves to throw to him. I think it's inevitable that Rice breaks out at some point in the season and against this Viking secondary, this could be the game. Dallas Goddard over 34 and receiving yards against the LA Rams. Last week, the LA Rams really struggled against the Colt tight ends. I think if Alec Ogletree is beating you then Dallas Goddard certainly will I witnessed live that insane catch at the Super Bowl against the Chiefs and despite a quiet season so far for Goddard I do expect him to exploit this matchup and reinstate himself as one of the best at his position in the league I think this number at 34 and a half is just too low and the last one is Brees Hall over 79 and a half rushing and receiving yards that's combined scrimmage yards I think Brees Hall is closing in on full fitness and I think that means we'll see him being released in this offense hashtag free Brees Hall Once again, and what a matchup he has going up against a Broncos team who might have had the biggest drop-off from a defensive standpoint that I've ever seen. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a team go from being that successful on defense last season to how bad this year they are. Last three weeks going up against running backs, Khalil Herbert, 120-plus scrimmage yards. Do we even need to mention the Dolphin game? nearly 400 scrimmage yards to running backs in that game. And then the week before that, Brian Robinson had 130 plus scrimmage yards. I like Bruce Hall to easily go over this number against the Broncos in probably what is game of the week in Jets-Broncos.
0: Love that propo. I'm gonna go.
1: I can tell you're not listening to me because I just said in probably the game of the week, Jets Broncos, and you completely ignored <laughs> that. <laughs> DJ, I yeah, love
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, lo- I love the picks. I didn't listen. I did I didn't give that gag. I did a castle on you then, didn't I? Yeah, nothing. you did a complete <laughs>
1: castle. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> that was my little taster just to see if you were listening. I said that yeah, Jets uh, Jets Broncos game of the week, and you I, just you were I, like, Love that, love yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, well, I
0: wasn't specifically talking about the <laughs> It's Bronco's bit I loved. I love your prop bets. And I was listening to them very carefully because I, I always back him. And that's worked out for me pretty well. Was, I'm sure it has for you at home, gang, because uh propo on a roll at the moment. I'm mm, on my prop bets less so. This is what I'm gonna do. This is why I was adding distracted. I, I was thinking about what you were saying about the, the Bengals earlier, and I the more I think about it, the more I think it is a uh, all right, we can ball kind of game for the Bengals offense. So I like Jamar Chase. Mm. Over ninety yards, which is just over evens. Jamar Chase goes off against the Cardinals. I'm calling it here. That is my that is my prop bet of the week. Propo is smirking at me, gang, <laughs> like he thinks that is a clearly a rookie prop. Hey, I'm new to these prop bets, so hey, give me a break. Let's see how I do. Uh, I will um, get working on ChatGPT for next week's show, so we can start to bring ChatGPT in. Uh maybe we get Coco and Pebbles involved with that that side of things because they're just you know you know when you walk into a room and there's a slightly kind of menacing atmosphere. Like I'm starting mm. to feel that's happening with, with them. So we need to maybe get them involved in, in some way. If you are gonna get involved with the action gang, well, always do things in moderation. Make sure you have fun with it. Don't let it get out of control. Fitstairs, they're our partners. Make sure you go uh if you are gonna have action and get involved with them. Uh you'll find some of our picks over on the Fitstairs site as well, fitstairs.com21 plus. BeGambleAware.org. Propo. Fine work, my friend. Have a great weekend, and I'll check in with you next week.
1: Thank you, my man. See you next week.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.